Welcome, friends. We are so glad you've joined us to listen in as ordinary people share their extraordinary stories of how one man changed their lives forever. No two stories are the same, yet it's our hope that you'll relate enough to want to meet the same man all our listeners have met. Listen as my friends tell me about a man that gave them hope and love beyond their wildest imagination. Mike Lester, welcome to Tell Me About a Man podcast. Thanks. I'm glad I'm here. It is so good to have you to finally connect, and we are in your church. Are we allowed to say your church? Yeah, I'm a part of this church. Just like your church, yeah. 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 Uh, Minko First Baptist Church in Oklahoma. And um, this has been, you've been here how long? Almost four years. Right at four years. you are the pastor at this church. And what did you do before that? I was a youth pastor, and so I was at Cross Point Church in Norman. Uh, I was there for about almost eight years. Then I was at First Baptist Church in Lindsay. I was there for like seven years. Which is where we met. That's where we met, yeah. yes. And so I had your kids in my youth group. Crazy. And uh, our Coach your, youngest, softball. your youngest and, and, and my oldest kids were, uh, yeah, did softball and basketball. And, all and now those babies stuff. are in their 20s. That's right. Man. Yeah. So before we get started into your story, I like to ask a couple icebreaker questions. Yeah. Um, what is your bucket list adventure? My bucket list adventure? Mm-hmm. My bucket list adventure. Um, I mean, I really would like to learn how to surf. I've always wanted to surf. You look like a surfer. Yeah, I you wanted, could totally be a surfer. I would, and so I always said uh, one day I'll just uh, retire as a church planner in like Hawaii or California Says every or something. Preacher ever, and then uh, <laughs> and then I'll go surf during the day. They can just pay me part time or something. Right. So, yeah. Have you prayed for that assignment uh, yet? No, not yet. Not yet. But we'll work on that. Would your wife get on board with that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I probably couldn't get her to an island. We'd probably have to do the coast. Huh? True. It'll it'll be fun when you two listen to each other's stories as we just <laughs> recorded hers, um, your adventures and your bucket list uh-huh. adventures, how they do or don't match up. Yeah. And she did mention that she doesn't like crossing large bodies no. of water in an airplane. No, 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 no. So you I would, can't even get her on a cruise. Yeah, you would, yeah. You would have an issue there. Um, <laughs> another one, cake or chips and salsa? Well, it has to be chips and salsa now. It used to be cake and Dr. Pepper. It would cake quickly. Yep. Yeah, but... Yeah. Your body says yeah. chips and salsa now. Yeah. Why oh, you say it so the, disappointingly. The like, diabetes got me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as it does, the old diabetes. Okay, so those are just a couple of questions I'd like to, like to ask, just to kind of, so people can get an yeah. idea of who you are. So tell me a little bit about Mike Lester, um, where you grew up, how you grew up, what was life like, what was your home life like, um, and just kind of what took you, what the road looked like to finding Jesus. Yeah, I grew up, uh, we moved to Duncan when I was in first grade, uh, is when we moved to Duncan, and so I grew up there in Duncan, Oklahoma. Uh, it's a, It's not a not a big city it's it's kind of a small town but it's not a small town you know it's a it's a 5a school here in Oklahoma as far as football goes that's how you figure out how big a town is right is by the football size and so uh and so it's so it was a bigger city but it still felt like it was a one school town it wasn't a you know multiple schools in a town that type of deal so it wasn't a big city so um so it was fun growing up there Uh, went to elementary all the way through high school graduated there 
Um, and so it was, uh, it was a good childhood. I lived, my mom and dad are still married to this day, mm-hmm. you know, and so they're, uh, we always were in church. Um, I don't, there's not been a point in my life that I don't remember not being in church. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have, uh, I just was blessed with that opportunity uh, to always be in church. So my parents were not just attenders of church, uh, they were involved in church, mm-hmm. and so they taught Sunday school classes. They were on committees. They were, um, you know, big givers in the church. They were. Uh, they helped. In fact, when when I was uh, when younger or older elementary, they started doing uh, student ministry in my church. They ran the Sunday school classes and Wednesday night things for the youth ministry, which really was kind of a new concept. <laughs> really mm-hmm. was a, and so that shows you how old I am. So, I know, you just uh, aged yourself big yeah, time. It, it happens. And so, but, so they kind of ran that and did that. And so literally, uh, I like to tell people I was a drug baby because they drug me to church every single Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. If there was something any other time, we were there. If the doors were open, you were there. That's every time. In fact, we probably opened the doors sometimes. <laughs> you said that, and I, I don't want to spend too much time on here, but you said you were blessed to be in church. Yeah. What do you say to the person that's like, oh, my parents are taking me to church again? Right. Because some people are like, that is not a blessing to me. That's like you just said, I was drugged to church. Mm-hmm. At that moment, did you know it was a blessing that I you were being? I don't think so. Not all the time. Okay. You know, I don't think all the time. But a lot of time. I mean, I had friends there. Um, I've always, I was always a leader. And so that's just kind of naturally who I was. And so if I was going to do something, I was bringing people with me. It didn't matter what. And so I was always dragging my friends with me because I didn't want to go by myself right. or I had friends at church or because I'm just a people person. Yeah. And so I wanted to, I liked being around people. Uh, and so that was kind of me. And so church was, it was still good. Now I didn't like sitting down the whole time and listening to the pastor preach every time or, you know, singing. We would get in trouble and, you know. You're dad, social. Yeah. Dad would snap the fingers or mm. mom would give me the look every now and then. Mm-hmm. And probably other people might have, too. Right. Well, you're, they were <laughs> yeah. probably giving your dad the look. You yeah. probably had to finally give you the look. <laughs> yeah. But I enjoyed, you know, uh, Sunday school classes and all those kind because uh, I enjoyed doing those things, being around people. And so I never disliked going to church. Um, I, always, I always thought it was a good thing, um, especially kind of growing up. It was, yeah. it was a good thing, probably until, uh, it, probably until I was maybe... Uh, later middle school or early high school mm-hmm. is kind of when it became just kind of a okay I got I have to do this because uh, I was more interested in other things more of a task yeah okay okay so you look you appreciate it now oh but yeah. you you could see why a typical teenager would be like I don't really want to be there right you yeah. weren't you weren't like 15 and going yay yeah, Sunday no. morning but I knew I had no choice either right there was no choice well you didn't know any different yeah, yeah. I like I, I think I remember one time uh, I didn't get up on time. Mom and Dad were trying to wake me up, wake me up, and I didn't get up. Didn't get up. Finally, I got ready and everything. And I remember walking out the front door, and they had left. And so I was home that Sunday, and it was like I remember going, "Oh, I'm going to get in so much trouble." Cause Kudos to your up, parents. And they flat out left me there, and it was like, "Oh gosh, I didn't like that." Mm-hmm. I wasn't even saved yet, and I still didn't. I was like, "Oh no." 
this is not what I'm supposed to do on a Sunday morning. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Kudos <laughs> to mom and dad. That's a But parent, I do. I remember seeing the brake light right going down the road. That's great. Home alone. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So you're, you're growing up. You're just having this typical um, Christian home yeah. in church raising. Mm-hmm. What changes? Well, and so, uh, yeah, it was very, I think, typical uh, if your parents go to church. I, yeah, we were there all the time. And so I knew a lot of the Bible. I knew answers. If, if it was trivia, uh, I could tell you the answers if you wanted to ask me the books of the Bible or where to find something or uh, what some verses said. You know, I could I could do all of those things. So I had the head knowledge. You had knowledge. I, I knew a lot about God. I knew what Jesus did. I knew, and I believed in. I believed that that I, I never doubted that Jesus didn't live on this earth. Didn't doubt that there was a virgin birth. Didn't doubt uh, that there was, uh, you know, that he he resurrected. That he came. Uh, that he defeated death and was alive again after three days. I never had a problem with those facts, um, and so in fact, I could I could do that uh, often. And so when I was in um, uh, fourth grade, uh, fourth grade, uh, my mom came up to me and said, "Hey, I uh, I know you've been asking some questions about being saved, and my some of my friends in elementary uh, had gotten saved and had gotten baptized, and so it was like, oh, okay, well that's probably something I should do." Mm. You know, I've mm-hmm. been in church, um, all that kind of stuff. I'm not a bad kid. I I was mischievous a little bit, but mm-hmm. and so it was like, okay, that's that's what you're supposed to do. I've been in church. You're supposed to get saved and baptized, and so I believe all of these things. So sure, and I even remember talking to my grandma one time. She uh, she lived right next to us, and uh, in the car, and going, I think I want to do like I want to do it on like Easter, or maybe like Mother's Day. And if I could do, because then that would be, that'd be kind of neat to do that. So it was more about uh, me trying to find, you know, like, oh, that'll look good. It's a show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. Because that's not like you I, at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> and so still fight it. And so, but that was, you know, it was that kind of, a th- oh, I'm supposed to do that. Mm. And so, um, so I remember my mom invited our pastor over to the house. I was outside playing basketball with my neighbor friend across the street we were playing basketball he had a cool driveway because on his driveway his dad uh, painted a free throw line and a and a three-point line nice. and uh and the whole paint and the block and all that right stuff. so it was it was cool to play basketball over at his house yeah and so we were in a in a mean game of basketball and uh, as we were uh, playing my mom came out and said hey i need you to come home and so the pastor's here he wants to talk to you and I was like okay here we, you know I was like all right really we're playing right basketball now? yeah and so I was like okay so we go in there and brother Jimmy was in there and so we go and we sit down on the couch and he goes so I hear you've had some questions about getting saved and wanting to get baptized I was like yeah sure yeah my friends have done that do that I'm, I'm interested yeah <laughs> and so he said so you know and he kind of went I couldn't tell you what he really went through because mm-hmm. in my mind all I thought was you know, I was ahead by two points. I wanted to get back out there and win that game. You know, and typical so, fourth grade boy. And so that's what I wanted to go do. Yeah. And uh, and so we had the conversation. He says, "That's something you want to do. That sounds great." And so we did the thing, prayed a prayer, I guess, and 
uh, let's get baptized next Sunday sounds great. And so, uh, any questions? No. And so, okay. And so, kind of looking at mom, looking at him, waiting for them to give me that okay. I get the head nod and I head back over and play basketball. And I remember, I think we went uh, to church. I think the youth group had like a bowling deal that night. And so we went bowling, and so my mom was like, hey, go tell so-and-so. Hey, go tell so-and-so. And I was like, yeah, yeah I'm going to get baptized this Sunday, you know. Mm-hmm. And so... You uh, didn't say, I won the game? Yeah. Uh, no. no <laughs> which is really what happened, yeah. And so, uh, but I thought it was going to be cool. I was the... Uh, we had just moved into a church, uh, a new church. Mm-hmm. And so uh, our church had moved into a new building, building. I guess say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was going to be one of the first, I was going to be the first baptism. Oh, and so, I so there's your show. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And so, uh, so uh, got baptized and okay, you know, thinking that that's, that's what happens. That's Life what you on. do, right? And so uh, continue to be a pretty decent kid. Not a, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I was a pretty good liar. Uh, and so, uh, but then as I got into middle school, got into high school, I found myself, uh, one, uh, like I said, I was a people pleaser. I wanted to be around people. Uh, I wanted to be around popular people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted them to matter. I wanted, you know, I wanted people to think I was somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I would do kind of whatever mm-hmm. to have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that became my aim. That became what I wanted to be is I wanted to be around popular kids. I wanted to be somebody if it was in sports or if it was just uh, with maybe I could impress any girl or maybe Mm -hmm. I could, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that, so I could just be known. That's what I wanted. And so, and that's kind of how I pushed towards things. And so that led me down multiple paths. Uh, It became, you know, in middle school, it became maybe, you know, sneaking out of the house uh, to go hang out with friends. Uh, It became... You know, who can I hang around? What can I get into with them? Uh, so they'll think I'm cool. So they think I'm popular. You know, what can I... And so uh, so got into a lot of different things, did a lot of things that I am not proud of. Mm. Uh, but at the moment, I thought people will think that's cool. You right. Know? And so that was kind of my drive was to continue to do that. And so... And then as I got into high school, um, as a freshman and then as a sophomore... Uh, who can I hang around with? It seems like the cool kids want to party, and so I guess I'll go party. Uh, and so that meant, you know, trying to drink, mm-hmm. which I was awful at. <laughs> uh, I couldn't, I couldn't do that at all. I just couldn't. And so uh, I don't know if the Lord saved me from that, but I would pretend I was and like, I would be like pour it out or like, yeah. you know. And so I could never do that. But you know, and we would even, uh, you know. Uh, have an opportunity to go, you know, buy some weed or and see if we could smoke some weed or do something like that, and just to see if I could impress my friends. Yeah. Uh, those kind of things, and so that's that's what I was trying to do, and I would do that on a Friday or a Saturday night. I would get in on time, uh, as far as curfew went, mm-hmm. uh, and so it didn't appear that I was a bad kid. My my parents didn't know. I didn't let that really. Aff- I didn't. I. I wanted not only to please them, I wanted mm-hmm. to please the others, and mm-hmm. so I would do these things and, and just hide it and lie about it, and, and so I think even at school you would have thought I was a good kid, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, I remember getting in trouble uh, one time, I was hanging out with two guys, and they wanted to smoke weed, they wanted to go kind of, and so that's what we went and did, uh, and so uh, I thought they were kind of fun to hang around, that kind of a deal, and so we did that, um, and the football team was gone, they were on a road trip. And one of the coaches, uh, the friend that I was hanging out with, not a good dude, and uh, he couldn't stand that coach. That coach got in, in trouble that day. Uh, and so 
he was in, he had detention and stuff like that. And so uh, we were driving by to see if some of our friends that played on the football team had come back mm-hmm. uh, on the bus yet uh, that night. So it was, you know, it was later at the night, you know, at 11, almost 12 o'clock. Um, and so we drive over to the football field where, where they all park and stuff. Uh, and so went to go look, and all of a sudden this dude jumps out of the car and uh, slashes his coach's tires. And he gets back in, and we were like, what did you just do? You're an idiot. Why am I hanging out? You know, and Right, like, reality and check. so we both, me and my friend, uh, who I was more friends with with this guy, uh, this guy kind of hung out with my friend. And so uh, he went, and we both were like, dude, if you say anything, we are going to crush you. You can't right. say a word. You can't brag about it. Right. You, we're going to all get in so much trouble, man. And that wasn't so, part of the plan. So we dropped him off and left, and it was like, oh, gosh. Um, and so sure enough, Monday morning, all of a sudden over the intercom in class, I think it was first hour still, and uh, it was like, Mike Lester, can you come to the office? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I just was like, what is happening? You know, which never happened. I didn't ever, I didn't get that. I didn't do right. that. I wouldn't, you know, I would tee to the edge. They wouldn't. Just enough. You know, yeah, and so. And so I remember going in there, and sure enough, I walk in there, and there's my friend and the other guy. Uh, they're both sitting in there, and, and so he goes, all right, you two guys can leave. And so I sit down, and he says, uh, he goes, well, uh, this guy is saying this guy did it, and this guy is saying this guy did it. I know you're a good kid. seems like I don't know why you're hanging around these two, mm-hmm. but who did what? Mm. And I was like, Pfft. That dude did Easy. <laughs> I couldn't believe he did it. We didn't know he was going to do it. He just jumped out and did it. It was because of this. You know, I was like, whatever, man. You yeah. You got caught. I'm ratting you out. I have no loyalty I'm not to hanging you out at with all. You again. Yeah. And so, um, and so that all happened. I got, uh, so I got alternative school, which would mean like, so you don't get to go to your classes. You get to go to this other building and you sit in this little cubicle. Wow. Then, you know, you get your lunch brought to you. Mm-hmm. And so. I had 15 days of alternative school because of that, and so my mom had to come pick me up. I told him the story, but I tried to, you know, I didn't tell him about the smoking weed part. I just right. told him, we were hanging with these guys, he just jumped out, and you know, and so, and so they never really got mad at me. I didn't get in trouble at home for that, uh, because I lied, I lied through that, but, uh, so I had to, I got out a day early mm-hmm. for good, for good behavior. For me, <laughs> school prison. Yeah, and so. Uh, and so it was like, oh man. And so I didn't like that. So it was like, maybe I need to change some of my friends a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, but there was this little bit within me like, this isn't working. Right. Like, I don't, this is not the not direction definitely. I want to go. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is, you know, this could have hurt my, my sports. I loved baseball. Because mm-hmm. you were an athlete. I was an athlete, yeah. And so I loved, I loved baseball, played, played in college a little mm-hmm. bit, small college. And, uh, and so it was like, uh, that's it was like I'm not running that, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get any more trouble. I know mom and dad's now looking, and so yeah. I need to. I need I'm to on the chill radar a little bit, yeah. And so, um, and it wasn't really fulfilling. Mm. You know, I was partying a little bit. I was doing those, hanging out with those people, and they weren't really accepting me. They weren't really. I was always on the outer edge of that, mm-hmm. um, and so they knew who I was. But to call those popular kids my friends was not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have a girlfriend, couldn't find a girlfriend if I wanted to, you know, it mm-hmm. just wasn't working. And mm-hmm. so, um, and so it was like, man, I just don't know. And so, but still went to church every Sunday, mm-hmm. didn't miss a thing, you know, 
went to every church camp, False Creek. Mm-hmm. I went to all that stuff. And so, as I turned 16, uh, got my license, all that kind of stuff, um, and got my dad's truck. My dad had a 72 Chevy. Mm. Uh, and so, it was nice. I had a 353 engine in it, and so it was... A, I didn't really like it because it was old, and I didn't think popular kids would think it was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he just gave me a truck, and so right. it was fast. So that was and it fun. was freedom. That was fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think he got about five miles to the gallon. But back then, gas was like ninety-four cents. Who cares? A gallon. We didn't care. <laughs> I remember just coming up with change and filling it up. But, exactly. Um, and so, uh, so doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, my mom and dad stepped back from student ministry because my dad had bought a store in Elmore City, mm-hmm. a grocery store. And so he started doing that a lot. And so we were in between. So you're living in Duncan. Yeah. And they bought a store in Elmore City. So What's he's the driving, distance there? He's driving back and forth. What's uh, the distance for somebody who's not oh, from Oklahoma? It was like 50 minutes. Okay. Yeah, 45 so a minutes. A bit of a commute. Minutes. Yeah, a little bit of commute. And so he was going to let me graduate. He wasn't going to move us or anything like that. Uh, and so he was just going to drive back and forth, which, once again, good dad. And so, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, uh, so still kind of partying a little bit here and there, kind of figuring things, um, and then uh, still doing all the camp, still doing all the church stuff. You're burning we're, the candle at both ends. Oh yeah, we're we're uh, and so we're in between kind of youth leaders because uh, my dad stepped back because of that, and so uh, naturally uh, another volunteer kind of stepped in, uh, but they leaned heavily on me as I was. Uh, it was a smaller church, and mm-hmm. so it was a smaller youth group, and I knew all the answers. Mm. And I was a leader, mm. just naturally, and so I always had friends with me. I always, mm-hmm. you know, if I was going to do something, if we were going to have a weekend event or a camp or something, I was bringing three or four or five people with me. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, any youth leader liked right. <laughs> liked that, you right. know, because I automatically would build attendance. And so, and so, like, I would know the questions, all that kind of stuff. And so it was uh, uh, December 13th, my sophomore year. I won't, I won't forget that day. That's great. Um, I was uh, at lunch uh, at school. Uh, we had off-campus lunch at Duncan, and so we could go eat off-campus. And then if you got uh, done in time, you would come back to the school, and if it wasn't time to really park or... Uh, then you would we would call it we would drag around the school you drag right. the school and so uh, if you're older you'll know that word if you're new you have no clue what drag the school right is. so millennials drag I don't think you street, know yeah that kind of thing yeah. and so and so anyway uh, uh, it had it was cold that day and it had sleeted just a little bit um, and so when you have a truck with a big engine. Mm. Uh, and so I had three friends with me. So in the truck, where you only sits three. We had I four know, people I was in like, there. I'm yeah. assuming this is a single cab. So it was me, uh, my two friends, and another friend, and they all went to church with me. Uh, and so this was the pastor's grandson was in mm. there with me as well. Uh, and so I go around the corner, and I think, oh, I'm just going to lay it on. And mm-hmm. so I roast the tires. I mean, I peel out, and I'm so cool. Right. So cool doing that. <laughs> I'm so cool doing that. <laughs> and so... So I peel out, and as I peel out, uh, I hit second gear, mm. and I'm still peeling out. Um, and so there's a car coming kind of down the road, and so I need to go around a car. It's just a small residential road. So there's a car in the street that's parked, and I need to go around it for this other car. So I push it a little bit harder, and so I'm still peeling out. Peeling out. And so as soon as I went to go around a hydroplane, and I go straight across the road, and I crush 
this telephone pole. Oh my gosh. And so it's a 72 Chevy, so it's made of metal. Yeah. And so I broke the telephone pole. Mm. It As I broke it, it laid it on top of the cab and then rolled off. So I had my hands against the steering wheel, holding the steering wheel, and so I thought I hit my head on the ceiling. Mm. But really what happened is the that telephone hit pole hit my head. I mean, I mean, just barely, like just touched it and then rolled off. And so at the moment, I didn't think anybody about it. I, when I think back to it, I think, oh my goodness. God's favor. If, it, if it's any other truck, yeah. any other car, it smashes it all the Never. way down. No telling what it would have done to mm -hmm. And so, but it just barely touched it and it rolled off. And so the back of my truck, the back wheels were up in the air, still spinning when we got out of the truck. Um, and so it was just kind of sitting up in the air. And so like I crushed it. And so all my friends, their heads hit the windshield. So it was all spider webbed. You could literally, uh, the front bumper, you could put your whole body in between where it just crushed the front of that truck. Oh and so gosh. the bumper would just wrap around you, basically. You could stand inside of, you know, where the engine should be. And so uh, it was bad. And so we do that, and, you know, that's like, all I could think of was this. We were smoking cigarettes. While we were doing it, I thought, oh, no, Dad's going to find all the cigarettes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's what, that <laughs> was the I first thought. Was, was uh, I just crushed his truck. Yeah. I don't want him to find out that I smoke. Right. Because I want him to. <laughs> right. I don't care about it. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Priorities. Um, and so, uh, and so anyway, uh, they take us down to the hospital to check us out. Everybody's fine, it seems like. Uh, and so all our mamas show up. And, uh, and, and so uh, my friend, the pastor's grandson, his wife showed up as the pastor's wife. And so she's talking to us, and she kind of looks at everybody and goes, I'm so glad y'all are okay. And she looked over at me and she says, it is so good that you boys know the Lord as your Savior. Mm. And as she said that, the Lord took that statement, and it was like she punched me in the Heavy. mouth. I mean, she could have punched me in the mouth, it have felt the same. Mm. When she said that, I went, oh gosh, we could have. And that's when I began to think about, that was the telephone pole. I could have been crushed. Yeah. I should have died right there. Yeah. And what would have happened? Yeah, what, and all of a sudden it was like, am I saved? Mm. Lord knows I don't act like it. Mm-hmm. And so I've been doing all these different things. I'm a liar to my parents. I'm a liar to others. I'm always getting into stuff, you know. And it was like, gosh. And it was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You've been baptized. You've mm -hmm. been in church your whole life. You, you can't even remember a moment where you weren't in church. You're okay. Mm. And so go through the rest of the day, and it just sits on me heavy. Um, and as it sits on me heavy, I just keep thinking about it. I just can't get rid of that question. I mean, her voice in my head, I can still hear mm -hmm. when uh, I called her Miss Joyce, when she said, it's a good thing you're saved. And it was mm -hmm. like God was going, are you? Mm -hmm. And so I just kept thinking about it, thinking about it. And I remember I got to a Tuesday evening. It was in, uh, in January, uh, a Tuesday evening. And I remember, I mean, it was late. I think it was probably, probably 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And I just couldn't go to sleep. I just couldn't and so that question and finally I just was like God am I saved or not mm -hmm. and it, it wasn't an audible voice but it sure felt like an audible mm -hmm. voice and it was no mm. that was the answer I, it was the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. I know now it's the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. going no mm -mm. and I was like oh my gosh what if I don't wake up in the morning right. what if I I need to talk to somebody I gotta get this figured yeah. out because 
I did something, and I yeah. got baptized, so, but I, that was very clear. Right. <laughs> like, God just told me no. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm not saved. I don't, I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to die and go to hell. If I, if I don't wake up in the morning, I'm going to hell. Mm-hmm. And so, went to school that day, just, just overwhelmed with that thought, and so it's like, I'm going to get to church. I'm going to figure this out tonight. So went to church, went to our youth ministry thing on Wednesday night as we were going through the study. Uh, and those leaders uh, going through questions, and they're like, Mike, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just, I don't, yeah. Because like, I didn't answer any questions that, like I usually did. Because I was that showing. guy. Mm-hmm. I was that guy. I was the leader in that student ministry, not even saved. <coughs> and so... There I am as the leader, usually answering Bible questions, and because I could do that, I had the head knowledge, but I, I didn't know him. He didn't know me. Mm-hmm. I'd never accepted him. I'd never trusted him. I'd never put my faith in him. Mm-hmm. I just went through the motions. Mm-hmm. It was just all head knowledge. And so we got done, and I was just waiting to go talk to the preacher. And so after we got done with youth group, I said, hey, I'm going to go talk to the pastor. And so uh, I grabbed him after he was done with his class, and we went into his office. Uh, he sat down, I sat down, and I was like, Brother Bill, man, I'm not saved. And I just, I turned around, I got on my knees, and I just started boo-hooing and crying. There was snot all over his chair. I mean, <laughs> a big old and ugly I would cry. Think, oh, and I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm such an awful sinner. Gosh, I've, I've acted like I was a Christian. I'm not a Christian. I've acted like I'm saved. I'm not saved. And I've, I know I've led people away from you, and I'm just, I'm such a horrible sinner. I'm so sorry. God, I need you to forgive me. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I need you to save me. Gosh, I need you to save me. And oh. it was just like this weight. I mean, a, like a two-ton weight just lifted off my shoulders. You just left it all there. And it just floated away. Mm. And I got up out of the chair, and I sat back down. I was like, Brother Bill, thank you so much. <laughs> and he's just like, you're welcome. So he, he had a stutter, which was, uh, as a preacher, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. He had a stutter, and he goes, Moses well. did too, right? Yeah, and so he's like, well, 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 Mike. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that happened. Like he didn't know what to say either, because he really, he didn't really have anything to do with it at all. I just, I knew that I needed forgiveness. I knew I needed him to save me, and he did. And so I went home. I told my parents, I was like, "Hey, I got saved tonight." And they just kind of looked at me like, "What? You got saved tonight? You're already saved." You're, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they didn't know any of the stuff that I'd been doing. They had no clue that how fake I was. And so I told them, and it was like, and they were like, okay. And I was like, man, I'm let's get baptized. And so just just happens to be, uh, we had moved to another building because that building was too big, and the rent was too much. So we moved to another church, and so I was the first to get baptized. At oh that church. my goodness! But this <laughs> so, time, but this time it was the real deal. You, and I remember had a heart change. That, that water was freezing, but I did not care. I wanted mm-hmm. to get baptized. I wanted to tell everybody and let everybody know that I was a Christian now, that I was following him. And so it changed a lot of things. So all of my friends, everybody that I hung out with, I wasn't hanging out with it them anymore. I didn't hang with them anymore. I couldn't because they were doing what I didn't want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I was, not only was I usually invited to church, but I was like, no, 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 you need to come to church yeah. Like, you need to meet this Jesus that I just met. He mm. forgave me. Yeah. Like, he saved me. And I'm telling you, I was on fire. Mm. Um, and it was like, this is this is it right here. And so I wanted to be a part of it. And it was like, I found out there was a Christian club at school. Didn't know. Didn't know. <laughs> Didn't know. <laughs> and so uh, some other people that I knew that were Christians, 
at other churches. It was like, I want to, what are they doing? I want to, I need to know how they follow Jesus, how they, you know, and it's like, oh, there's, and so we had lunch on Wednesday. It was great. And so it was like, and like people would come in and talk about Jesus and talk, and it was like, but as they talk, it was finally real. Like I finally truly so got it. it all was, of your knowledge yeah, clicked in your heart. It finally made sense. Mm-hmm. If, and it was like it was, and, and it began to transform me. Where before mm-hmm. I'd heard all this stuff, mm-hmm. but it never changed my actions. Actions. It never changed mm-hmm. who I was or what I was striving to be or go after. All of a sudden, that stuff didn't matter anymore. It was like I just want to be around Jesus and around people that knows Jesus, and I was just going to soak it in, and so. Um, man, I'm telling you, I started, it was like, I was upfront about my Christianity. I was like, man, God had saved me. You gotta, you gotta check this out. Did you get any backlash? Oh yeah. My friends are like, why, why aren't you coming with us? I mean, you always come with us. I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. If you want me to come, then y'all can't do that tonight. Mm-hmm. And they'd go, well, which was hard for them because I was the leader. Yeah. All of a sudden they didn't know what to do. They knew they were going to do this, but where? Right. And with who? Yeah. Because I was the one that got it all together. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, if you want to hang with me, we're going to do this. We're doing something different. We're just going to go hang out. We're not going right. to do these things anymore. And so uh, and so I did lose friends. Mm. And I lost relationships and things like that. But what was interesting was as that began to happen, and as I began to quit caring about popularity, mm-hmm. I quit caring about pleasing you know everybody around me. I just wanted to please God. I just wanted to do what he was telling me. Uh, and I, I wanted to be able to get people to knowing, and so it was like, how do I? I've led so many people away by my actions, and they thought I went to church. And it was like, I need to make, I gotta, I gotta fix that. You know, mm-hmm. I gotta tell these people, my friends, all these people, that they need to know this Jesus of mine. And so I started working on it, you know, and trying to get them to come to church, trying to get them to come do something with me, you know, that kind of things. And so, and then all of a sudden. It was interesting as I quit caring about popularity and quit caring about who were my friends and all that stuff. I was just gonna, I was just gonna live for God, live for Jesus, and He would work it out. That's what He mm-hmm. told me in the Bible. Mm-hmm. That He'd take care of these things, mm-hmm. and so I trusted it. And sure enough, I found a group, you know, found some friends to be able to hang out with a little bit that were good Christians, and so they pushed me a little bit. And then one by one, little by little, I get some of my other friends to start coming to church. Mm. Or they would go to their church uh, that maybe their parents went to, and they would actually, and all of a sudden we begin to see, I got to see a few of them get saved. Awesome. got to see a few of them start going, you know, get involved mm-hmm. a little bit more. And I was like, all right, this is it right here. This is, um, and so still playing baseball and stuff like that. And so they started calling me Brother Mike on the baseball team because I was like, well, let's pray before the game. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll pray, Coach. I got Great. it. And I got so, you. Uh, and so th- that, was, that was just me. And then all of a sudden, um, I found myself around the kids who I thought were super popular that I wanted to be around. All of a sudden, they were like, hey, would you hey, be my study partner on this? Mm. Uh, and they were intrigued with me all of a sudden. It was interesting. And I, and I didn't care anymore. I was like, well, I mean, if you want help with that, sure, I can. <laughs> right. I'll go over to your house, and we can study together. Mm-hmm. We can do that project together. That, that's fine. you know. And so it was no big deal to me. And mm-hmm. so it was like, it was interesting. All of a sudden, I began to have influence over the people that had influence over me for so long. Right. And all of a sudden I was starting to push them towards a direction that they had never thought of. And and this time you weren't seeking to be influential mm-hmm. even though you were being influential. Right. It, your your purpose or your reason behind it had totally changed. Mm-hmm. Like a total one eighty. Yeah, it was for me it was it was for me before. But right. now it was just for God. Exactly. 
And so that was a, I was all about that. And so my the rest, a little bit of the rest of my sophomore year, especially my junior year, uh, really, and then my senior year. So the 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 summer before my senior year, uh, you know, ask the, the questions that you usually do, like, man, what do I what am I going to do? What am I going to do with my life? Right. Where do what I do you go to college? Do I go to college? All that, you know, all mm-hmm. those questions set in. And so that summer, I felt like, man, God, I, I just want to do whatever you want me to do. And so we went to church camp early in the summer. Um, and as we went to church camp, that was my goal that week at church camp was, God, what do you want me to do? This is going into your senior into year? Into my senior year, mm-hmm. yeah. So, God, what do you want me to do? I'll do whatever you want. And so all week, uh, we did, I'm, I'm literally leading uh, the devotions at night. Um, I'm the one, like, I mean, I am, I am basically the youth pastor for the week because we really didn't have anybody in charge. We just had some volunteers. And they were like, let that guy go, you know. And so that's what I, I'm leading the devotions. I'm talking to kids about Christ. I'm helping them say the prayer of salvation, you know, that kind of a deal. I'm I'm trying to do all that stuff. And the whole time I'm trying to think through, God, what do you want me to do, you know. <laughs> and so all week I'm thinking through it. All week I'm trying to figure it out. Um, and finally on the last night, on the Friday night, uh, I told my preacher's wife, I said, man, I just, all week I've been trying to think of what, what does God want me to do? And she goes, well, go out and pray. And so I went out and just kind of walked uh, at night and was just kind of walking around, got got to this big old rock, and I got to it, and I was like, God, what do you want me to do? And it was, again, it felt like an audible voice. I know it wasn't, but it sure felt like right. it. And he was like, I need you to preach. Mm. I need you to I need you to go tell people about Jesus. And so I want you to use your leadership abilities, and I want you to, you know, preach. Wherever you go, I want you to tell people about Jesus. And yeah. I was like, okay. I was in, there was no hesitation. Okay. There was no, it was like, sounds good. <clears throat> I remember going back in and telling my preacher's wife, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to, he asked me to preach. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a preacher. And so she was like, yeah, we all kind of figured that. Because literally that's what I was doing that week. <laughs> and it's so yeah. good when you're yeah. like, I heard it and I know it was uh-huh. from God. But yeah. then when, it's not that we need man's uh-huh. confirmation, but when yeah. you hear someone else go, oh, I knew that's yeah. what the answer yeah. was. Literally, I need you yeah. to go find Everybody it. Everybody else is like, oh, we've already saw it. We knew yeah. it. You were already doing it. Right. <laughs> uh, and so, and, that was, and that's been the case since, you know, right. just trying to figure out how to follow God well. And how can I tell people about my Jesus? How can I tell people uh, what he can do for you? I mean, he changed everything for me. And so my whole life, um, especially since then, is how can I please him? How can I help others know him? Um, And I've been able to see a lot of great things. Uh, Every church I've been at, I've seen a lot of baptisms. Mm -hmm. Not just some, a lot of baptisms. Every church. Mm -hmm. Um, So God has blessed that. Uh, He has each student ministry that I was in seen a lot of baptisms at this church we've seen a lot of baptisms mm-hmm. um, and I just it's it's God but I think it's the desire to just tell people about Jesus like well it's your desire your mm-hmm. heart to please him yeah that gives you that energy and just that passion to go mm-hmm. and do it um yeah nothing else matters and yeah. and it, you are so good at it <laughs> <laughs> yes by the way you're so good at it um it when is there has it always been easy What's been easy? Has, to follow him? Yes. No, it's not always been easy um, as far as... Because your joy is so big. Right. Your faith is so strong. Well, to me, listen to you and yeah. not know your life, Right. I, a listener could be going, that's great, everything's always worked out for yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, you know, I've got a, uh, my daughter, 
uh, Emma, uh, she's gone through a lot of medical mm -hmm. things, and there's been times I'm like, God, come on, like I, I have given everything to you. Mm -hmm. I have given up my life. I, I don't worry about how much money we're gonna make. I don't because mm -hmm. you're gonna just. I know you're gonna take care of that, and so I trust you with that. And so I've given you everything: or my life, my kids, my all that. And when she struggled with her health issues mm -hmm. for a long time and then couldn't be a, a kid, a normal mm -hmm. kid mm -hmm. like most do, uh, there was times where it was like, God, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like, I've, I've been, I feel like I've been so faithful. And why, why, why is this happening? Hurting? Why, mm -hmm. why is this happening to her, you know? Uh, I remember when I moved from Lindsay to Cross Point, mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to leave Lindsay. We didn't want you to leave her. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to. I, I loved being there. Uh, but I was no, there was no doubt to me that God said it was time for me to go. He needed me to do something there. And I think I was able to accomplish that. Uh, but I remember we couldn't sell our house in Lindsay. Mm -hmm. So for two, over two years, mm -hmm. we lived in Lindsay, and I had a church in Norman. And so I drove back and forth every day. Which is about 45 about, about minutes. 45 minutes, mm -hmm. yeah. If you got behind somebody, maybe 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so I had to drive back and forth and those things. And so I remember, you know, my car broke down. It finally broke down, and I was like, I don't, have, I don't get paid enough to just go get a car. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I don't have anything to be able to save with. And I've been driving back and forth because you won't sell my house, God. <laughs> <laughs> and now you broke my car down. And so I'm being faithful, and you're moving unbelievably. I mean, that youth group at Cross Point went from about 10 when I got there to 100 pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, and people were getting saved and baptized. It was great. And it was like, God, I, you're doing great things, and I'm doing what you're asking me to do, and now I don't have a car. What am I going to do? Right. But even in those moments, he still showed himself super faithful. Mm -hmm. uh, he showed that, you know, even with my daughter that, you know, hey, he was going to use that for his glory. Mm -hmm. He was going to use her story. And when you listen to my wife's uh, story, I'm sure she talks about it. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but she's been able to use Emma in a lot of great ways. She's a great leader in her student mm -hmm. ministry. Mm -hmm. She's uh, been able to use that story. And so it was like God comfortably like, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I knew what I was doing way back then. I still know what I'm doing now. And it's like, okay, okay. Be patient, child. Not easy, but it's right. okay. Okay, I yeah. got you. I know you have been faithful so far. Why would I doubt you? you know? mm -hmm. And with that car situation, it was like, what am I? I can't even get back and forth to work to do what you want me to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and then some people in the church got me a car. Mm. Lord just, I mean, literally provided me with a car. Mm. And so, it, I mean, how do you explain that other than right. God? It's so reassuring, yeah. though, to hear someone that has um, such a solid faith and such joy like you do and to say, but I did, like, shake my fist at God a couple oh, yeah, times and go, sure. what in the world mm -hmm. are you doing right yeah. now? And I think that's, like, a message that we can get across to people to say yeah. it's not always perfect. No, no. But there is this joy, this Jesus yeah. joy that lives in us mm -hmm. that it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's just not going to be easy right well, today. Well, and the more you learn to trust Mm. trust him the more you understand he knows what he's doing uh, those doubts and those uh, moments of weakness you know in our faith I think they get littler and littler as you go because Absolutely. he just proves himself so faithful mm -hmm. so if you've never followed him I know it's hard to believe like what do you mean you you didn't have a car you had no I had no money no anything I didn't know what I was going to do we didn't have a car and then literally two days later Here's a car. I mean, that's God. God's saying, I'll, I'll provide. Only God. I got you. I understand you're not happy about it, but I had something better in plan. You just didn't know about it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Always. Always. <laughs> My bad, God. Sorry. Yes, you got it under control. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry for getting in the way. Yeah. I love um, 
how you said in high school, junior high and high school, you were wanting to be known? Yeah. And the whole time you were known? Yes. Just not? For sure. You were just seeking to be known by the wrong right. person. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and then also, you, when you, um, quote unquote, when you prayed your quote unquote prayer of salvation, yeah. you, there were no perfect words. Like no. you were a blubbering idiot. Nobody led me either. <laughs> right. So can you like kind of yeah. just, uh, you know, expand on that in a uh-huh. sense of just telling someone there's no perfect words? No, there's not. There's not a, a, a salvation prayer in the Bible. Mm-hmm. There's there's no such thing as that. It literally is your heart lining up with God's heart. Mm-hmm. He's the one that draws you to Him. Like I said, the Holy Spirit's the one that, when she said that, used that phrase, that that sentence that my preacher's wife told me. Of it's a good thing you boys are saved. Mm-hmm. She, the Holy Spirit used that to go, are you? Because I want you to be. Mm-hmm. So I need you to think through this because here's your moment. Right. Here's your time. Right. And so that's what laid ahead. And so the Holy Spirit drew me in to the point of where I got to ask the question, am I or am I not? And I think God will tell us clearly if we want to know. Yeah. If are, am I saved or not? Am I headed to hell or am I headed to heaven? Do I know or not? And so even if you're a church kid and you've got doubts and you're like, well, I, I did something when I was younger, but I don't know if I am or not. I think God is very faithful. Mm-hmm. And will absolutely answer your question mm. if you ask. Mm-hmm. And you could say, "Am I really saved?" And I think he'll tell you because he sure told me. Right. And uh, and so from that, you know, he just draws you in. He'll answer if you are or not. And if you're not, then really it's just saying, "God, I need you." Mm-hmm. No matter your knowledge, mm-hmm. because not everyone has grown up you know, right. in the Bible Belt, in a church, mm-hmm. and they may not even, have never even looked at Scripture or even heard the name Jesus. Right. So um, what is something that you would say to someone listening right now who doesn't um, know if they were to die today, if they would go to heaven or hell? Yeah, if you don't know, then I would definitely ask God and figure that out. There's nothing else that matters. This life is so quick. Mm-hmm. Eternity is forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. That's what really matters. We think this life is what matters, and that's mm-hmm. what I thought too. But this life does not. It just does not matter. It's what counts after because that's the forever. And so you have to figure out that question. you got to figure out what, what happens to me when this is done. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to me? And so you need to figure that out. And if you want to figure that out, ask him, mm-hmm. Am I gonna, do I get to go there? If you're the God of everything and you're in control of all of this, then how do I get to where you're at? Hmm. And because of our sin, because we've all messed up, and anybody listening knows, I mean, gosh, we can't, right? We can't go a day without messing up. I Mm -mm. still can't go a day without Mm -mm. messing up. Mm -mm. And so if that's the case, if I've sinned, how do I get to a perfect place? That's heaven. I'm imperfect. And so it's only by Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's because of his death on the cross that he died for my sins that he defeated death and rose that third day alive. Only God's that strong. And so because he defeated death, he's the one that can give life. He's the one that can defeat death for me. And so because of that, I just need to trust in him. And so to follow him is really simple. It's to say, Jesus, I believe that you could do what you say you'll do. I believe if I ask you to save me, you'll save me. I believe if I ask you to forgive me, you'll forgive me. I believe if I ask you to take me to heaven, you'll take me to heaven. I believe you control of that. 
And so, do you really believe that he'll do what he said he'll do? That he is who he said he is? That he'll accomplish what he said he'll accomplish for you? And that's what faith is. That's mm-hmm. the simple definition of faith. Do you believe that he is who he is? Mm-hmm. You know. And so, you just go to him and say, I know I've messed up. I need forgiveness. So please forgive me and save me. Mm. And he'll do it right there. And that weight will be lifted off. I've seen so many people, as I've helped people work through that, talk through that, uh, you can see it just come off. And, it, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is spirit. And uh, there's no way to explain it unless you've experienced it. But once you say yes to him, once you follow him, once you ask him to save you, he, he will be there. And there'll be no doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, be no doubt. Yeah. Good stuff, Mike Lester. Yeah. Preacher man. That's right. I love That's it. That's all I know. I love Don't it. Don't ask me to do anything else because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Um, one last thing I like to ask as we wrap up, and um, how can we be praying for you? Oh, uh, just, I, oh, I don't know. Just keep giving me the strength to do what I know God's called me to do. Mm. Uh, I know there's opportunities out there he wants me to go uh, accomplish and go do and mm-hmm. so just that I'd keep following him that way um, it's not easy uh, it's not easy to do uh, to be in charge of a church it's not easy mm-hmm. to uh, lead a whole group of people towards the Lord and trying to uh, really you get a heart for the whole community uh, and you you struggle with how many don't know him and and so just praying you know that I can lead our people to have the same desires of man we gotta there's so many people that don't know Jesus so how can we be a light in a dark world mm. so that's really how can I be that light in a dark world that needs that needs the light so bad yeah you got it yeah, yeah for sure thanks for having me thanks Mike yeah my dear friend I want you to know that this man Jesus my guest spoke of is relentlessly pursuing you at this very moment and longs to love you unconditionally, no matter your story. There's no fancy prayer or special words, just belief, trust, and surrender. We've listed several free resources in the show notes to help you begin your relationship with Jesus and to walk in His truth and love today and for eternity. And to my brothers and sisters, if you already have a relationship with Jesus, then I encourage you to continue to pray for our guests and all who listen to this podcast. And to go tell others about a man that changed your life forever.